I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast series. Welcome to the last in the current series of Hooked On Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival. With thanks to Virgin Media Ireland. I'm Fanula Jay and over the course of the last few weeks, we have been delving into this year's Festival of Films and talking to the likes of Festival Director Grania Humphreys to some of the biggest stars in attendance virtually, such as Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci, to name just a couple. You can listen back now to some of our previous episodes for all of our big interviews. In this week's podcast, we'll be hearing from Lenny Abramson about his career to date and being on the judging panel for this year's Virgin Media Discovers short film competition in association with Screen Ireland. The winners were revealed on Box Office with Lisa Cannon. But if you missed who the winners are, we'll be playing out that moment on the podcast. But first, here's a roundup of some of the main events from this year's Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival with John Kelly. The 2021 Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival may have been a bit closer to home than previous years, but as always, the star power and movie magic remained out of this world. Supernova opened the festival. Harry McQueen's tale of a love being undone by dementia will have you reaching for the tissues. Keep them within arm's reach, though. There were tears of laughter as gang members and gentrifiers threatened to close a close-knit Dublin salon. Written and directed by Rachel Carey, Deadly Cuts is full of homegrown talent. And festival director Grania Humphreys was joined in a series of virtual conversations by Steve McQueen and Colin Farrell. The Castle Knock Man may have been half a world away, but as he reflected on some of his favourite festival memories of the past 20 years, it was a timely reminder for us to set an alarm for the Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival 2022. John Kelly there with a festival roundup for you. Joining me now to go through her favourite films from this year's Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival is Tara Brady film critic with the Irish Times. Tara, let's start with preparations to be together for an unknown period of time. Uh, a wieldy title, but it got yeah. me in the chest. What is this about? Um, well, you, you ask a, a very good question. Um, this to me was the real find of the festival because obviously there are big hitters at Diff like Minari, which has already won Golden Globes and Supernova, which has all, all this kind of fuss about it. Um, but this, this is a kind of, this was, this was the big find. This was the one I watched and went, wow, you know, I haven't heard anything about this. It was the Hungarian entry to the Academy Award. It made the long list. So I don't believe it, it, it has made the, the short list. And it's about a Hungarian neurosurgeon who meets the man of her dreams at a medical conference. And she decides that she's going to give up her very, you know, striving, lucrative career and, and, and her perfect life in New York and return like and go after this man. So she goes back to her native Hungary and she she goes back to Budapest and everybody is like, what are you doing here? You've, you've given up so much to come back here. What, like, what are, you, what are you thinking? And it gets worse. She catches up with, with this man, this, this, this love of her life that she's spontaneously fallen in love with, is prepared to give up everything. And he doesn't remember meeting her. 
And I mean, at all. He has no recollection of her at all. He he blanks her in the street. He's like, who are you? Um, and, and so she becomes more than a little bit obsessed with him and more than a little bit stalkery. And, and also she's quite perplexed. And in the meantime, there's all these conversations about, about memory and, and, and the brain, because of course she's the neurosurgeon. So that all gets kind of interwoven into the fabric of the, of the rather tricksy uh, narrative. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite kinds of movie I think is what, what you call a lo-fi sci-fi which is where you don't have money for a lot of bells and whistles um so you have to really think about you know what think about your concept and have have a really good concept and I think this is this is one of those like really great lo-fi sci-fis it's um you know it's it's up there with something like um uh, a primer or the farthest or, or those kind of American uh indie films um I've certainly not seen a film like it come out of uh, Hungary before there you know there's some comparisons I suppose to be made with the much bigger budgeted and much starrier eternal sunshine of the the spotless mind um but 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 it's but it's a little more closer to a straight drama than that um you know it and and, and certain certainly not as um certainly not as, as glossy and, and and hollywoodized um it's anchored by a really really terrific um uh, performance um uh from an actress called uh, natasha um stork um and and it, i think that to me is what is one of the great um perform the other one being i think joanna uh scanlon in after love um it there one of the really really great um female performances um that that i saw through the festival and of, of which there were there were quite a few but it's it's a really exceptional performance um a, a lot of it's like very internal and very kind of small movements and uh, you know on, on one of those performances where you're seeing a lot of her face all the time and there, there's a lot going on which obviously there would be if you've given up everything for a man and you travel across the world to see him and um he he decides he doesn't remember you um so so really really um uh a really really intriguing and and uh and very very pleasing drama i think i have to agree as i said it really brought me on a journey and it's not really the type of film that i would usually seek out myself but i was hooked pardon the pun of this podcast but i just i couldn't take my eyes off her as you said and watching this unfold it was so subtle but as you said you just you can't take your eyes off it couldn't you imagine her in uh in a silent film i thought you know very often when you're watching her um because it's because it's 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 so nuanced um and and you and you're really not quite sure what you're thinking and you're really not quite sure if she's had some kind of breakdown and this is manifestation of terrible mental illness which or or some or some kind of neurological um breakdown which of course would be in keeping with her job and 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 what what's going on or uh, you know you're, you're kind of half waiting for a like you know she's died or it's all a dream or something like that and you know or, or some some kind of twist that will that will wrap it all up neatly um but uh but that's not the twist that comes um crucial to say on to gunda then this is a documentary that a lot of people are talking about uh seems to be a bit divisive what do you think of this and why should people seek it out if they want to well, I, I, I don't understand why Gunda is so divisive. I just thought it was tremendous. Um, and and I, I, I'm kind of surprised. I've been surprised by when I met people that are like, no, no, I didn't, didn't really get it. Because to me, it's such a beautifully streamlined um, piece of cinema. You know, so it, it, you have to imagine it as 
it's like a terrific nature documentary um, and, and it has extraordinary footage in, in that capacity and has extraordinary like close relationship with the animals it's just that those animals happen to be you know farmyard animals so you know we have a sow and her piglets we have this very plucky one like a chicken um, who who races around the place and and is is as pleasing to watch as you know a great car chase scene and say French Connection or something like that. Uh, it, it's such a brilliant piece of movement, uh, uh, watch, watching them hop around the screen. Uh, and then we have two cows. So, so, so we've, we've, got, we've got this kind of classic barnyard ensemble, um, though mostly it's focused on the big, so inevitably there's been a lot of reviews have been like, it's the real life babe, or it's the real life um, Charlotte's Web. Um, and if, in fact, it's not really like that because, you know, most nature documentaries, um, you know, even the very good ones tend to anthropomorphize the, the animals, you know, I mean, even something like if you think about a big hit nature documentary like March of the Penguins, it's sort of like you have Morgan Freeman's voiceover and it really kind of, it, it sort of keeps drawing comparisons with, you know, human mummies and daddies um, as they march and that that's kind of, that's kind of the hook. And this doesn't do that. Um, this actually, you know, wants you to see things entirely from the animal's perspective. So, and I, I don't want, I don't want to be too spoilery. Um, not, not you can really kind of spoil a movie that's from a pig's perspective. But, but there, you know, there's a scene where a, a strange vehicle comes, and to me, it felt like you're so in the mind of of the the, the mother pig. It, to me, it felt like an, an alien invasion. It felt like. Um, uh, you know, it felt like something from Close Encounters of, of the third kind. Um, and it, it doesn't make the animals cutesy um, in any way at all. It doesn't concede to them. It's perfectly happy to have the pigs in muck and, and, and do pigs being the way pigs are. And in doing that, it actually, make, you know, it gives the animals an incredible dignity. And uh, no surprise, it's executive produced by um, Joaquin Phoenix, who is, of course, a, a vegan and has done a, a great deal of campaigning um, on the um, on the matter. And uh, yeah, in fact, I like I've actually met people who have um, who have become vegan um, on the back of his um, very extraordinary Oscar speech, if you remember, where he just laid it on the line and went, you know, if you, eating meat or, or eating dairy, never mind meat, means you're supporting children been taken away from their, their mothers and it was a very very powerful um speech and 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 it certainly um worked um but this i think this is a this is just a, a marvelous film um it's 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 a, a kind of a strange concoction um because it's an american norwegian production um and it's directed by a russian filmmaker called um victor kazakovsky but you know it has this kind of almost like a you know like a fairy tale feel it could be a farm anywhere it could be a storybook farm and you know that makes the the reality that you're that you're faced with while you're watching the film all all that more powerful that it has this kind of um uh, picture book quality about it um so to me it was it was absolutely the most to me i think it's the film of the festival by complete contrast then we have dinner in america which is this kind of dark coming of age comedy i suppose uh what um, can you talk about it uh, that aren't familiar um well it's, it's really unusual um prospect the 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 
the chap who wrote and directed it, uh, uh, Adam Raymeyer is his name, is, is a veteran, but he's known more, more for documentaries. And, you know, they tend to be sort of making of documentaries. He's he's the main guy who's done most of Mel Brooks live shows, for example. So so th th this is a, a first for him. And it's a, a really lovely, punky indie American comedy like we tend to think about that sort of genre of films as like Little Miss Sunshine where it's where it's dramedy as, as the Americans call it somewhere between drama and comedy whereas this is more a kind of most mostly a, a fairly uh, raucous comedy um, it's it's set in the 90s um, and and it has this um, very very surly young man uh, named Simon um, who forms a very unlikely romantic bond with a failed veterinarian store clerk named um, Patty. Um, it, it's quite a misanthropic comedy at first. Um, and as you know, with misanthropic comedies, if you think about, you know, any any recent one from um, uh, in the last decade or think about something like Bad Santa, they only work they're only as good as they are misanthropic. Like they have to kind of hold on to their, their mean spirit for, you know, and, and, and get some mileage out of it. And I think this does that very well. It's, it's quite slow burning at first, so you have to stick with it. But once you've actually, you know, once you're embedded with those characters, because they, they like particularly Simon seems like it's very, very prickly. Um, for the for the opening third, and he's very hard to get on board with. But once once you're in with them, like you're you're chums for life. You're you're really really um, uh, um, in tight with them. And I I because I, they're just such such well drawn characters, and and so so really really well um, performed as, as well um, from by um, uh, uh, Kyle Kyle Gallum, um, who's also from he, he's mostly from TV from from Smallville and uh, Veronica Mars and and, sh and shows like this. Um, I, I, I thought this was I thought this was really um, fun. Um, I, as the title goes um, and hints at, uh, part of the part of the fabric of the film were these dinner set pieces that really proved Tolstoy's maxim about un, unhappy families. Um, it, I mean, and it has really, really great fun um, with, with those family scenarios and with like some of the most awful dinner conversations that you've ever heard in your life. And um, I, I'm quite happy to listen to awful dinner conversations. I don't know about you. Father is another movie that is making waves coming out of Serbia. What can you tell us about that? Father is one of these like proper grown up, robust um, drama films, the kind that you don't really see out of Hollywood anymore and that, you, and that we haven't really seen out of Hollywood for, for a very long time, but that are even kind of falling away in terms of larger American cinema. Um, it, it, uh, it has the most dramatic opening, I think, of any film you're going to see this year. I know it's early in the year, but it's it's hard to top them um, this woman this very desperate woman um, um turns up she's with her children she's begging her husband's former employer to to give them the, the the wages that he's owed um because because they need food because they need they need essentials and when when nobody complies um she pours petrol over herself and and sets herself on fire, and and that's just that's just the opening gambit. And um, the the real meat of the film is the father of the two children that we see and and the husband that we see in the opening scene, um, ha tries to get his two children back, and social services won't um, won't hand them over. They say they're they're not safe, and there are hints that there's some kind of corruption going on, that there's some kind of scheme that the social services are are running to to get the, the foster money um so he takes off on foot some 300 
kilometers to go to Belgrade in order to plead with um, of the authorities to, to get to get his children back. And, and the, that section of the movie is so tactile. I mean, you just you feel every blister and, and you really feel for this guy and, and rather extraordinarily. And, and, and it's very, very different and not at all violent in the way that the opening scene is but there, there's a final there's a final sequence in the film that is every bit as as powerful and and, and as wrenching as as that opening scene so really really um a terrific um piece of cinema from a director called um goran bogdan and or the, um the, sorry that's the actor's name a really brilliant performance from from him and and a really uh, a brilliant um, piece of writing from a director called um serban um Golubovich, um, pardon me, my, um, my Yugoslavian is not as, as good as it should be. <laughs> Finally then, Tara, Apples is going to hit close to home for, yeah. I was going to say some people, but pretty much everyone, given that it's set during a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. What did you think of it? Well, well, I I love these kind of films. I don't I, I don't know how are you big into the the Greek weird wave as they call it. Um, you know the Jorgen Lanthimos and the Favorite and all that sort of thing. Or those absolutely like, sign me up. Yeah, sign yeah. me up. Yeah. <laughs> so so this is um Jorgen Lanthimos is um if you remember his film from about more than a decade ago now Dogtooth that really put him on the map. Um, this is the debut from the directorial debut from. Um, uh, Christos Nico, who was his assistant director on this film. And, um, and Dog Tooth is still my favorite Lanthimos picture. And, and you can certainly you can certainly see there, it certainly fits in with Lanthimos's films and um, you know, with, with a lot of those films that have hit over here in recent years, like, like Suntan and Chevalier and those, those kind of films that have all kind of won awards in, in festivals, if not won Oscars as, as the favorite did. Um, so it's, yeah, it, one of the great things I think about The Great Weird Wave is that, um, in some ways, and this is very explicit with uh, Lanthimos's killing of sacred deer, um, if you remember, um, we would call him Farrell and, and, and Barry um, Kion, uh, but the it takes Conti like tropes from from Greek mythology, and then it just puts them on top of a modern film and asks you to accept it at face value. And and this is very much that kind of film. And this um, this has um, the conceit of a worldwide pandemic, which causes sudden and absolute memory loss. Um, and as, so you've like, you know, society's just kind of falling to bits because out of out of nowhere you can you can suddenly um forget everything. So it it has you know something in common with that idea of the rivers of Leith, you know, in the in mythology that you can uh, that that you know you drink from and 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 you you forget everything. Um so the the, the hero of the film um falls, you know falls down to this um, and for a couple of days he's told that like let's wait we'll wait for your family to come and claim you but he's one of those people that no, no family comes for him and we, ne we never quite know uh, why that is um, so he has to go through this um, sort of bureaucracy if you like so you know so they, they has to go to the disturbed memory department and, and and wait for his family to come and then he has to go into the the re-identity program and things like that so it has this brilliant kind of of bureaucracy that it that it builds around um, this this imagined condition that, that's very very intriguing and very appealing um, so I got on uh, very well with this and certainly if you're a fan of the favorite or or other films from the Greek weird wave you'll you'll you'll, you'll love this one Tara Brady from the Irish Times thank you so much for a look at some of the standout films from this year's festival thank you 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Now on the podcast, we're going to hear from Lenny Abramson when he was on box office with Lisa Cannon to reveal the winners of this year's Virgin Media Discovers short film competition in association with Screen Ireland. One of the judges on this year's panel is none other than Lenny Abrahamson, and he's joining us now. How are you keeping, Lenny? I'm great, Lisa. Thanks. Very nice to be here. Ah, it's lovely to have you on Box Office. Always a pleasure. Now, let's talk about the standard of entries this year. What did you think? I thought it was amazing. I mean, I got to see, I think, 10 of the entries that had been shortlisted for the judges. And I was massively impressed by the range of ideas, by how well written they were, by the sort of polish of the presentation. And I know that it was already pretty hard to reduce it down from the 700 to the 10s. And there were lots of other very strong submissions. So it shows the health of the creative community out there. And I think also the excellence of the award. Two films will be awarded 30,000 each, which is a really substantial amount to make a, a 10 minute short. So Absolutely. it's a massive opportunity for whoever wins. And I think the, the creative community out there recognised it. Absolutely. Lenny, we're going to come back to the Virgin Media Discovers short film competition in just a second. That's an association with Screen Ireland. But we want to thank you profusely for taking time out of your busy schedule. But of course, you are in pre-production with conversations with friends at the moment. Now, you're filming really, really soon. So how is it going? Um, it's going pretty well. We're, we're sort of, you know, it's, it's an odd time to be gathering groups of people together and, sure. and trying to sort of work on material. But I think we have that sorted. <laughs> Others have done it before us and there are protocols, etc. But we're actually due to start in about six weeks, start filming. But we are into pre-production next week, having had a hiatus. And yeah, it's all great. We have an amazing cast um, led by this wonderful young um, Irish actress called Alison Oliver, who's just fresh out of the lair. Um, oh, wow. And wow. then three other brilliant actors, Sasha Lane, uh, Joe Alwyn and Jemima Kirk, sort of that's the central quartet. So we're all very, much, very excited to get oh. stuck in and be working again. Oh my goodness, absolutely. I'm so excited, I can't wait to see it. And of course we had Mark O'Halloran on Box Office last week and he's actually working on some of the scripts, isn't that right? Um, for conversations with friends. So what can people expect now from Sally Rooney's adaptation? Well, again, it's the same, it's it's a lot of the same kind of core team that we're yeah. involved in normal people. So Alice Birch is, is adapting with Mark and um, some other great writers. And then we've, um, it's a similar format. So it's 12 half hour episodes. Okay. I think the way I think of it is, is like a kind of, it's sort of a cousin of normal people. It's not 
um, a sequel and it's not um, a sister or a brother, but there is a there's a similarity between them. So it's about four uh, people and their interrelationships. And there's lots of the sort of I think the intimacy and the kind of insight that Sally brings to her writing. Um, it's, yeah, very excited. I think it'll be uh, something that audiences will, will potentially get a lot out of. Absolutely. The appetite's going to be huge, but we have to talk about normal people. Did you expect it to be such a success? No, I don't think any of us did. I mean, we knew that Paul and Daisy were fantastic and the scripts were amazing and the book on which it's based was obviously quite a phenomenon, but it still didn't prepare us for the reaction that we had. Um, And I think we were all, I mean, it was in lockdown, so it was quite a weird experience when the world seemed to be talking about it and we were all experiencing this through through these kinds of interfaces. Um, But it was amazing um, and outdid anything we could have predicted. I betcha. And of course, you've had such success, Lenny. I mean, really and truly, between normal people, the success in the US, and then, of course, not forgetting room in 2015. I mean, how has these kind of, I suppose, nominations, like Oscar nominations and Globe nominations, kind of affected your career? It's a cumulative thing. And, you know, I think with room, there was a big sort of bump in in access to funding and people's interests in the sort of projects that myself and Ed and everybody at Element were, were... we're developing but then with normal people that sort of seem to be accelerated again and and there's just it's a lovely position to be in it's quite sort of daunting because you think um everybody will be looking to see what you do next and you know their expectations are high but I, i'd rather that than than the alternative so it's been it's been great really fantastic now lenny we've loads of young filmmakers watching box office tonight what advice would you give them to break into the industry I think if you are, if you want to be a writer or a director or a writer director, that's what I sort of know best. I think the thing to do is to just start doing it. And the technology now is so kind of available and it's there in your hand if you own a phone that there's no uh, barrier to sort of taking ideas, planning what you want to do with them, shooting them, cutting them, sharing them on YouTube or whatever platform you use. And actually good work and good ideas and a kind of ambition really does shine through. And uh, I think the industry is always fascinated by new voices. So there's no real barrier um, if you're prepared to sort of test yourself, work as hard as you can, make pieces and share them. Some great advice there, Lenny. Thanks very much. Now, let's return to the Virgin Media Discovers short film competition in association with Screen Ireland. As I mentioned earlier, there were over 700 submissions. Ten projects were selected to go into development. And we are very excited to now announce the winners on Box Office. Lenny, would you do us the honour and reveal who the winners are, please? With great pleasure. So the first of our two winners is a film called Punchline, written by Ali O'Rourke and Becky Cheadle, and to be directed by Becky Cheadle, <laughs> and Water Under the Bridge, written and directed by Rehan Ali. Woo-hoo! Congratulations, guys. Are you delighted? <laughs> I am over the moon. I am incredibly delighted. Lenny, now, of course, you were a judge for this year's Virgin Media Discover short film competition in association with Screen Ireland. Like, why did you choose Ali and Rian as your winners? Well, first thing to say is it was very difficult because all of the um, projects were at the stage where we got to, to look at them were really fascinating and the filmmakers were all pretty compelling in their pitches. But I think all the judges felt very strongly that in both these cases, the vision was really clear the ideas were very original 
um, the situations that were being discussed and the worlds that were being kind of um, represented were both worlds which are, are kind of underrepresented. And, and as the theme of this uh, competition was about diversity, we really wanted to 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 make sure that that came through in the in, in the films that we chose. But they're just really good and really interesting. And, and I think like me, like all the judges felt, you know, we really want to see these two films. And that's about as, uh, you know, that sort of gut response to something is the the strongest indication that that it should be supported. Absolutely, Lenny. Now, Ali, over to you. Um, Ali O'Rourke, congratulations. Your short film submission was Punchline. Now, it's an incredible prize to win. €30,000 with the support of Screen Ireland to produce a short film, which, of course, will be broadcast here on Virgin Media Television next autumn. Now, both of your films at the root showcase diversity. But, Ali, do you mind telling us about the plot to Punchline? Yeah, uh, Punchline, it's a movie that tells the story of a transgender comedian on the night of a transphobic assault. Uh, we follow her as she processes the emotional fallout of that attack and attempts to convert her victimhood into an act of defiance. Uh, as our lead character performs, we just see a series of flashbacks that tell the visual story of these events and show how they contrast with the humour-driven narrative that she's trying to tell her audience. Okay, Ali, thank you so much. Wishing you well with that. And Rian, congrats to you as well. Tell us what your film, Water Under the Bridge, is all about. So Water Under the Bridge encapsulates a lot of my personal experiences uh, as someone who spent their entire childhood in the system of direct provision. Uh, so in this film, with the character Bilal, a teenager who's just arrived in Ireland with his uh, father and baby sister, uh, like I did 16 years ago, he escapes the confined walls of direct provision to explore the town he must now refer to as new home. But this new home isn't exactly what it seems. It provides a lot of new challenges for Bilal. Uh, the greatest one perhaps being his own inability to acknowledge who he is and to accept who he is. By the end of the film, we realize that there's a great deal of things that Bilal is struggling to accept. I think it's an incredibly important story because it shines a light on a conversation that we really need to have. So I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Sounds like it'll be a very powerful film, Rianne. Now, once again, this year's winners of the Virgin Media Discovers short film competition in association with Screen Ireland are Punchline, written by Ali O'Rourke and Becky Cheetle, and Water Under the Bridge, written by Rehan Ali. Looking forward to seeing Punchline and Water Under the Bridge when they air in the autumn on Virgin Media Television. Well, that's a wrap for this season of Hooked On, Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival. We've had some great guests over the course of the festival, which you can go back and listen to now. The podcast series was produced by Gordon Hayden. I'm Fanula Jay. Hopefully it won't be much longer until we're all back in the cinema again. Until next time, goodbye. This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast series. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.